Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Syrupcast. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. Thank you for tuning into the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast, in case this is your first time, is a podcast by Mobile Syrup in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This is episode 201, past the 200 mark. We're recording it on Tuesday, June 20th. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup telecom reporter, Shruti. Shruti Shakar, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. Also joining us is reporter John Lamont. John, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be back. And last but certainly not least, we have a very special guest in the Globe and Mail's Christine Dobby. Christine, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's been a it's been a dance and a slice since we last had you. Um, a lot has happened. We are now champions. We, we are. are. That's yeah. the most important. Mm. That is the most happened. important thing. Yeah. Um, more imminently related to what we do is it feels like the entire telecom t- landscape mm. completely changed um, in one fell swoop. Uh, John and Trudy, you two were the ones that were kind of uh, in the mud, as it were, covering <laughs> um, this. Who wants to kind of explain it for the audience in case someone was living under a rock? Though I feel mobile syrup or syrup cast listeners are probably the most in tuned with everything that's going on in the uh, telecom world. So um, I'll start and then, John, you can um, kind of pick up off of me. Um, Essentially, last week, uh, one of the big three, Rogers, a Toronto-based national carrier, uh, came out with its infinite uh, plans, which which starts at $75 for 10 gigabytes and goes up to $125, I believe. Um, It, uh, there's a lot of data that's available. Um, However, once you go past that data amount, Rogers actually will end up throttling your data to 256 kbps, which is, um, and we have debated about this for a little bit, but it's essentially a a little less than uh, 3G speeds. Um, So it's, 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 it's not that great, um, but also if you think about it, 10 GB is is a lot. Uh, they also have decided to uh, start financing phones, uh, but that's not happening until later in the summer. Um, shortly after that, uh, that big permanent plan that Rogers came out with, uh, the of course the other carries had to respond, and that's when John sort of picked up the reins and uh, did it all. Yeah, so the, the initial response was from TELUS with a promotional offer that gave you um, 15 gigabytes starting at $75 a month, but it wasn't uh, unlimited data um, with the air quotes around that. Like uh, what Rogers was offering, it was just 15 gigs, and uh, if you go over that, you pay overages. And, then, and they weren't doing any throttling or anything. Yeah, no, no throttling or anything like that, just flat 15 gigs of data. And then Bell came next with their promotional uh, plans, which are both Bell offered both the same as what Rogers was offering with $75 for 10 gigs. 
uh, with throttling down to 256 kilobits per second um, if you go over your, your cap. And they also launched promotional plans that match TELUS's uh, 75 for 15 gigs uh, with no uh, with overages, but no throttling or anything like that. And then TELUS came back with their um, update, uh, if their, you will. Yeah, their update, their no overage plan is what they called it. And the main difference here is that TELUS is, is I believe, 512 kilobits per second throttling when you go over your cap. So it's a little bit, it's about twice as fast as what Rogers and Bell's cap, uh, throttling cap is. Um, but it's still pretty slow. And then, of course, um, then the other smaller carriers also came up with their little plans, um, Eastlink and uh, all of them, all the others. Uh, but just to remind the readers, um, actually, uh, it was Shaw's Freedom that actually came up with a very similar type of plan. Um, John, can you elaborate? Yeah, so Freedom Mobile for a long time had... Um, unlimited data plans that worked in the same way where you got a, a cap of high speed data and then after a certain point it throttled uh, and I believe the throttling with freedom right now is down to 256 kilobits per second for your download and then 128 kilobits per second for upload so again it's a little bit slower than the other guys and but also their network isn't as strong and yeah vast as the the big three yeah they're they're a regional carrier so in some areas they have pretty good service but um, it's not quite as fast as what the big three offer all right, great recap, you two. Christine, you've been so patiently waiting, so uh, I feel like we should start the discussion with you. Um, as uh, these two astutely pointed out, you know, this is not something that kind of Rogers invented whole cloth. Um, it's something that uh, Freedom has had for a while. And why do you think, you know, I think when the, that um, Freedom initially came up with this, uh, you know, with the uh, 100 gigabytes for of unlimited um no, um, sorry, my I'm blind. No overages, um, and this plan initially, we thought the kind of response would be a lot faster, like it was with the sixty ten uh, deal that you know sparked that famous pricing war. Um, why do you think it took Rogers this long, and why specifically Rogers first? Yeah, I mean, I think that this was much more deliberate and thought out than the mm-hmm. sixty ten price war. I think that that was. A much quicker reaction, and it was around the holiday shopping period. Um, and Rogers clearly wasn't actually prepared for what they started that time. If <laughs> yes. you recall, their systems couldn't handle the demand, and they ended up losing a lot of customers mm-hmm. in in the sort of as the dust settled. That that wasn't um, their like it, they weren't really prepared for it. And mm-hmm. I think that all three of the big three were felt kind of burned by that whole situation and sort of wondered what what they had done. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, I think that Rogers um, approached this much more deliberately. You'll notice, um, well, I mean, listeners might not notice this, but for, for us who cover this, you notice that it was much more... Um, planned out, right? There was a press release early on the morning that they announced this, and they had executives available to comment on this, and they also had, clearly the investor relations team was talking to analysts um, and and explaining how they think that this is going to to work and the math is going to be okay for Rogers. So this this was a different kind of move. This was... um, Something obviously the industry had been looking towards Bell and TELUS wouldn't have been able to respond as quickly as they had if they hadn't been thinking about something like mm-hmm. this. Um, I, we were just talking about how Bell's website the morning after the Rogers announcement, you know, it had 
it had all the very similar plans. Sure, they're, they're still promos, uh, not plans, I guess, if we're going to be technical about it. But, you know, it, it had the Infinity logo, which was similar to Roger's. It they're, was planned. They're clearly yeah. pre- they were they were clearly all prepared for something mm-hmm. like this to happen, mm-hmm. and I think that they're in this case they're ready for this to be more of a permanent shift of the way the Canadian industry approaches pricing, as opposed to that sixty ten mm-hmm. where they were all kind of like, can we walk back from this real quick? You know, right? And and, and even if you like again for those who are covering this, like Christine and I were talking about this. Even if you just step back, like looking at Q1 results from the carriers, uh, they were pretty quiet, which is unusual for Q1 results. And um, the carriers were saying in their uh, in their uh, announcement that you know we're working on stuff, um, things are coming up, and the analysts were just kind of like, "Why is it so quiet?" So I would agree with Christine. Like I I don't think this is as um, surprising. I think it was pretty planned, and um, yeah, like it's it's not not surprising yeah just to to further that with the the whole surprise thing um back with the 6010 uh i was working uh, at a best buy selling phones and i remember when that happened um one of our reps i think was for for kudo came in and was like hey just so you know the 60 dollar 10 gig plan is happening and i actually didn't believe her because it was so sudden and so out of left field and so different from everything that they had been doing and then Within like an hour, every carrier had contacted us and let us know that they were doing some sort of $60 10 gig plan. And suddenly there was lines like out the door of people lining up trying to get this plan. And it was absolute chaos. Like it just was so sudden and so surprising. So I think there's also something to be said about that, you know, 6010 for as seismic as it felt, it was not a significant shift in how these carriers have done business to this point, right? Like it was still very much within the kind of, framework that we're used to right it was only when you got i think did the math that it was like oh man this is so much better than any plan currently in market um and it's interesting because they've been so reluctant to go dip back into that pool in a way yeah Yeah. and i mean obviously we're all using air quotes around this unlimited idea Mm -hmm. but the idea of not charging overage fees is a big shift for the canadian market Mm -hmm. it's something that the the u.s market has been doing for a while because t-mobile really pressured the two large incumbents there at&t and verizon into into adopting these unlimited plans and they're similar to canadian to these new canadian plans Mm -hmm. where they they are throttled throttled after a certain amount of high-speed data Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a it's a big shift. The sixty ten was obviously way better pricing, but it wasn't a sort of a permanent shift in how the carriers mm-hmm. approach pricing and charge for data. So, Christine, why do you think it is Rogers that started this? Because uh, I think you know the conception is among most Canadian consumers that Rogers is kind of of the incumbents is probably the biggest and slowest, right? But what's I. You know, interestingly to me, you know, they're in some ways have been the most innovative on this front, right? Like they're the first that introduced the daily roaming package. Uh, through Fido, they did the uh, Fido databytes where, you know, you get uh, five hours of free data uh, per per billing cycle. Um, so it's, it's still, it seems like counterintuitive that they would have done this. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say why any one of them would have taken this step first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spoke with Joe Natale, the CEO, on the day that they announced it, and he talked about how a few years ago Rogers 
uh, network was really lagging behind TELUS and Bell. Rogers Network was still a good network. It was just it had fallen behind Bell and TELUS a little bit on speed, and they they made a bunch of investments there. And he said that they'd been thinking about something to do with this since the fall and a, d- a different way to approach pricing for customers. But but as we've talked about, clearly the other two were thinking about these things as well. So it just took one of them to to go first. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Rogers did go first on on Rome Lake Home, and it took the others a while to match them, but they they did eventually. Um, I and I think there are a lot of factors that go into this not just pressure from freedom but um regulatory pressure there's going to be a major wireless hearing um in january and the carriers are expecting some sort of regulation to come out of that Mm -hmm. and there's been such demand in canada for for more data you know Mm -hmm. we have such constricted data packages and canadians can see u.s customers um having access to bigger plans I think that's been a real pain point for Canadian consumers. So if they can go into that hearing saying we're taking proactive steps and we've we've made unlimited air quotes again available in Canada, that can help them. Um, I also want to add to that. You know, it's also a, a very interesting time in the telecom space because we're having this conversation of five G. Um, and I and again, Christine and I were talking about this earlier, how um, these plans are sort of a um, a base for when 5G is going to come into into Canada. Um, and when I spoke spoke with uh, their vice president of, of wireless services, um, you know, he was also telling me that this is really a primer for 5G. And if we kind of look at how the carriers are looking at 5G right now. Um, Rogers really is the only one that's sort of in a comfortable, good situation because they have a vendor for 5G. They have already been testing 5G. They've been doing a lot of work with 5G. And um, Bell and TELUS are sort of still, you know, kind of figuring it out because of Huawei. Um, And, you know, Rogers has been very adamant of wanting to be the first one. You know, they bid so much money with the 600 megahertz um, spectrum auction. Uh, They obviously want to be the forefront for 3500. So all of this sort of is, it it almost seems like Rogers is trying to be pushing themselves ahead of Bell and Telus. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Bell and Telus have been testing 5G as well. And um, no one can really do anything until the auctions happen. Rogers can't use its 3500 for mobile Absolutely, yet. Yeah. Um, it's it's all going to be about getting access to that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's no really, end in sight on the Huawei thing, yeah. but yeah. but but Bell and Telus can make decisions quick quickly on that if they have to. Mm-hmm. Rogers certainly has a bit of an advantage from that perspective, but but yeah, I think you're right that it it it's certainly trying to position itself as it as as if it's in the best spot on 5G. So if I could just, sorry to interrupt, but I think, you know, that kind of idea needs to be elucidated more in the sense that, like, in what way does it position uh, the carriers for 5G? So, um, well, one of the things is that, you know, when 5G comes in, in, in whenever it does, projecting for 2021, 2022, around there, whenever, um, 
the, the idea is that you'll need a lot more data um, to, to power things. You know, it's not just autonomous vehicles, smart cities, but it's just IoT devices as well. And so you'll need that amount of data. Right, but that's, so, not un, that's unrelated to consumer use of... I think consu- yeah. the expectation is that um, 5G will be so much faster and have mm-hmm. such increased capacity is that you're going to be consumers are going to be wanting to consume exactly that's what i was uh, basically getting at right like consumers are going to want to use a lot more data and so having a price plan that has like i don't know what is 125 dollars for 50 gigabytes like yeah i think that there's some expectation that this sets sets and sets the um the expectations for what lte pricing is exactly and that it sets them up to be able to charge a premium for 5g so that's still a few years away, but it's sort of priming the Canadian consumers to be like, this is what I expect for LTE, yeah. and I'm going to probably have to pay a bit more for 5G. Which leads me to my next question, which is, you know, um, some analysts have predicted that these infinite plans will reduce or negatively affect Rogers' ARPU, which is average revenue per user. And essentially, that's just a measure of how much... Uh, money rogers makes per customer and so first i mean starting with you christine going to you john and then lastly shruti um do you think is that true and if so um uh, if so and if not why i think the analysts have all been really running a lot of numbers over the past week Mm -hmm. and trying to sort this out i don't think there's an immediate answer um I was reading a really interesting TD report yesterday that talked about how Rogers expects that for for every customer who's paying, say, $100 right now and migrates down to the $75 plan, they think that they can get six customers who are paying less than $75 to migrate up to the $75 plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so those customers presumably wouldn't be paying overages anymore, so they do lose out on some revenue there. Um, but there's, you know, so there, there's sort of all these moving parts. It could be that those people who are who are on the cheaper plans will take a little bit longer to move up, and the people who are paying more will move down more quickly. Mm-hmm. So we could see over the next few quarters that this would be and would have a negative impact. But I don't think Rogers would have done this if they didn't. Of course think that they would be okay financially on it and i think the other important thing to remember is that they they they're going to move to this uh, device financing model later in the summer and the idea with this is that ultimately like they let customers get the phone for zero dollars up front rogers pays the whole cost of the phone up front but ultimately they're they're trying to get customers to pay off the entire balance of the phone and Mm -hmm. not provide a subsidy any longer Mm -hmm. um which uh which would also save the company a lot of money. And also, uh, if I just may, I think, you know, it also ties back to what you two spoke about, which is this is a long-term play, right? It's preparing customers to pay more once 5G comes out, yeah. right? So Well, and I think that there's also benefits in terms of customer service. You know, if, you're, if it does reduce call center complaints about overage fees, you know, there, there are downsides to making your customers mad. <laughs> there are business costs <laughs> to making your customers yeah. mad. Yeah. 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 I was, I was just going to say that. Yeah. What, what Christine said is like 100% on, I think, um, there could be some short term negatives uh, with, with the revenue there per user. Um, just because the price point, like if you, um, if you look at it, 
most um, customers, uh, at least in my experience, would when they're going to get a phone from Rogers or they're going to get a plan, not just from Rogers, but from any carrier, they'd be looking at about $90 per month. Uh, and it's like a $60 calling package and then $30 for the base data package, um, which is usually one to three gigs, somewhere in that range um, outside of promos and stuff like that. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now they'd be looking at about the same price to get that unlimited plan with the 10 gigs of data. So they're getting significantly more data for the same price, which is a huge win for consumers. But at the start, I think it is going to potentially have some downsides for Rogers with their ARPU. Yeah, I mean, I can't even add anything more to that. Christina and John put it perfectly. <laughs> <Slayed> it. <laughs> they just they 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 nailed it. That was awesome. Um, um so in that case then, uh, unless you want some, to add something, I um <laughs> why do you think so what's been interesting to me is that the kind of response has been limited to um when it comes from the other carriers to promotional plans. Is there like do you get the sense that they're still like the 6010 uh, plan. They're kind of reticent to open this uh, Pandora's box, as it were. I think that they um, have the ability to kind of sit back and watch how this goes, and mm-hmm. then they can extend it if they if they if they want to. Mm-hmm. It's the sixty ten was so chaotic, right? Do you remember like we didn't know exactly when it was going to end or which brand it was on, and mm-hmm. this is this feels very different. Yeah, and. I I was kind of like reflecting like a couple of days after it, you know, just like looking at all the plans that were out there and that whether it's promotional or whether it was permanent, you know, I was just saying, oh, I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, maybe Telus and Bell are sort of waiting to see how this plays out before putting out a permanent plan. Um, and I think that they they have the power and the money and the capability and the business infrastructure to be able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that they're, um, reluctant to do a permanent plan or a promotional plan. I just think that they're just sitting and watching to see what, what happens. I, I think the other part of it is that plans can change whether they're promotional plans or they're permanent plans, exactly. right? Look, exactly. look at the 6010 earlier. Was it this year? I believe that they increased the price to $65. Yeah. It was like $5 and then $10 or something like that. Yeah. So if it wasn't for you guys, I would never know what prices were historically Like, (laughs) because mobile syrup tracks all these promotions so well Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, it's it's totally you never know if you open their website what it's going to be day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. Changes so often. And I mean, they're also not forthcoming about the changes necessarily, except in this case. right? In this case. Yes. Yes. Um, So I think that, you know, so that is something that we've kind of danced around, but like. Uh, each of you, like, how do you think this plays out for Rogers? Starting with you, Shruti, and then Me? Yeah. <laughs> just you, you've been so patient. Um, I mean, I it's definitely going to be um, 
it's going to be interesting to see their next quarterly results because not only will, well, I, I'm assuming that they're going to gain some subscribers, um, but I'm curious to see like what would, and they won't even say this. I'm, I'm just sort of like, <laughs> like talking right now out of whatever's coming out of my head. But one thing that I'm also curious to see what happens to Rogers is, well, what's going to happen to Fido and Chatter? Um, when I did speak with Rogers, they said that it's not going to affect them because um, they're, the plans and, and the, the way that they're handling uh, Fido and Chatter, uh, the two flanker brand, brands for Rogers, um, it, it, you know, it's a different market. It's a different customer base. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Fido customer right now, and I'm very interested in the $75 plan. And that's a Rogers, you know, I would be basically leaving Fido to go to Rogers. So I'm very interested to know, like, how is this going to affect Fido and Chatter? Um, but I think overall, I, I, I do think that this would be good. This is going to be good for Rogers. Um I think it's going to help their subscriber base. It's going to help reduce their churn their churn rate, which is um, the m- number of people that leave for other companies, um, and and that was already reducing for Rogers. So I think I think overall this is going to be good for them. Um, but I think we'll have to see what when the numbers come out. Really, yeah, I think that they. Um I think that there was some sense, especially some reading some analysts, that this was seen as a bit inevitable that the that there was a lot of consumer pressure to to offer something with like with more data and and no overage charges. Clearly, uh, it sets them up uh, better for the CRTC hearing next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they they like to try and differentiate between the flanker brands and their main brands to show the regulator as well that they're offering different options, even though it's all the same company, we're competing yeah. with ourselves. But well, also, and, and just to go back to Fido, they do have other options as well, right? Like the things that Rogers doesn't offer. So yeah. Yeah. Like, like that, you know, five hours of unlimited data um, or no cap data or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but also I think, um, to an extent, Chatter and Fido have also been almost like an onboarding ramp for Rogers, right? Because their plans are a little bit cheaper. They're a little bit more affordable. So, you know, people who are newer to telecom, kids getting their first phone, stuff like that, they start there and then they work their way up as as they mature and as they can afford My better God, plans. Are you trying to tell me that I'm not mature, John? No. Oh. Well, no, you're actually in the perfect market for Fido, which is a millennial, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a Fido exactly. plan, too. I'm barely a millennial, I know, but I have I'm a Fido a millennial. plan. <laughs> um, more broadly, do you see this as a positive development in the telecom ecosystem here in Canada? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly a much more consumer-friendly plan than a lot of things that we've seen. You know, there's going to be people who complain about it no matter what. And and the, the telecom companies are going to do well no matter what. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I mean, um, like, again, as Christine was saying, and as, as, as much as I've been reporting on it as well, like, there has been a lot of pushback from the government, from the CRTC, to be like, we need more affordable options. We need more plans with more data. Consumers are asking for it. And so as Christine mentioned, this is a very consumer friendly plan. Um, and I think, um, in the long run, I think it, it, I guess it, it will benefit it, but it, I guess we'll also have to see what happens when 5g comes. Cause God knows what those plans are going to look like. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, yeah. you know, you never know exactly <laughs> who would have thought 
we'd be paying what we are now or using our phones the way we are now. So it's really hard to predict what will happen with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think I think one of the other benefits of of the plan, aside from all the data and, and all that, one of the other major consumer benefits is that these plans, I feel like, are a lot more understandable than what Rogers, Bell, and TELUS offered in the past um, because it's just one thing. You pay, you you pick your price and you get your data and you're calling. It's unlimited and you that's it, right? Whereas their past plans, their sharing plans and stuff like that, there was a separate price for your calling package, a separate price for your data package. You could bring extra people on and share your data between all the people and then pay extra for the different calling packages and all this stuff. And it became like a really easy way to kind of manipulate the numbers and say, oh, everybody's going to pay $60 a month. But realistically, there's like the data cost on top of that. And I think this is just from an understandability um, perspective, it's going to be a really big benefit for consumers. And they still also haven't technically gotten rid of the little uh, data add-ons, right? Because you can buy extra high-speed data. Yeah, you you still and and all the other plans are still in existence. Like they're not getting rid of those. Um, and we forgot to mention this that with the Rogers plan, if you do go over your data and you want to uh, get back onto four G speeds, then you can spend, I believe, it's fifteen dollars for three gigabytes of data, um, and a, as an add-on. So. Mm-hmm. Like and you can also but share the data. All of the data screen. is shareable. So, all the data yeah. is shareable. Ro- Rogers Unlimited plans. The data is shareable. It's not with Bell and Telus. So. Right, right. So there's the, there's that difference as well. Yeah, though. but even with that, that they're 15 totally dollar. different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. different. Yeah. But the uh, that fifteen dollar three gig add on is, I think, even that alone is huge because it's it's so much less than what it used to be. Right, like it used to be like ten dollars for a hundred megabytes. Yeah, of the CRC data. data that I read from twenty seventeen said that um, the average amount that a Canadian paid for one gigabyte of overage fees was $55, which is just, it's it's a lot of money for not a lot of data. I just, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a rule that you had to, uh, the, the, the amount, that they could pay. You have to approve it was, above fifty. Yeah, it was in the wireless code. I think it's fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to approve, but so a lot of people would just say yes because they want to keep using their phone. But or they have children yeah. who are like yes. Who say yes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they they implemented a like a one account. Yes. Like person has final approval over that yes. to to help with that issue. But yes. Yeah, I think the the fifteen dollars it's it's a lot more attractive rate for for people it's like oh fifteen dollars and I get three gigs it's mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel like people might and also spend I believe you that. can buy it at any time as opposed to you know previously what was kind of a constant pain issue with the uh, older data add-ons that they used to sell is you had to approve it before you hit your cap right which I had a situation once where <laughs> that led to no like. A huge amount of pain. <laughs> um, how do you think? How do you see this playing out with the CRTC? Obviously, you mentioned Christine. We have this big review coming out, and we're expecting more regulation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, we have to wait and see what all the submissions are. Mm-hmm. The CRTC has issued this preliminary view that that they believe that some sort of MVNO regulation is necessary. Um, for the listeners, MVNOs are mobile virtual network operators. And there's a range of different business models, but the basic idea is that they're 
mandated MVNOs would would force the national carriers to resell their network airtime to to other players that don't necessarily build their own networks, and then those players would resell those services to to customers directly. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the CRTC's preliminary view on that. There's months to go before we get to the hearing, and then there's there's going to be one or two weeks of submissions at the hearing, follow up, <laughs> follow up information submitted. So it's hard to it's hard to know how big an impact this will have, but it can't hurt. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I definitely do not disagree with that. I think it's um, it's definitely playing uh, an advantage for uh, Rogers, and I think Bell and Telus will sort of tag on to that. Um, that advantage that that Rogers is playing, and you know the carriers have said that they do not want to mandate MVNOs um, because they feel like you know they've spent so much money in their uh, their network infrastructure. Why should and now they're going to be spending more money to build out five G, and so uh, these smaller uh, players aren't investing as much as they are, and um, it's just going to take away from their work for 5G rollout. And so there, there's just a lot of, um, you know, things that, that the carriers are saying that the reason for why they don't want MVNOs. And they, they're also, you know, actually right now, if, uh, correct, Christine, correct me if, my wrong, if I'm wrong, um, these carriers actually already offer a, a certain rate for um, reselling their networks, right? Uh, no, they, they have mandated wholesale rates. That they right. Have, they, okay. they have to... Um, that they have to give to existing facilities based on right. So like Shaw and yeah. Videotron, Eastlink, they can roam on the national carriers exactly. um, yeah. networks at a certain rate. But they there's no mandating of other right. players who aren't facilities based getting access to the networks. Right. And so um just going back to that review, like, you know, that will be the biggest discussion, whether or not you know, and, you know, should be mandated and, uh, have that opportunity. But I think, I think this would, is going to help Rogers and we don't know again, but it, it, I think it could. One of the biggest critics of the, the prospect of mandated MVNOs, um, is, is actually Shaw Freedom Mobile yes, yes, and, and other regional carriers yeah. like Eastlink and yeah, Quebecor yeah, yeah. who, um, have been investing and building their networks and buying spectrum, building mm-hmm. out their networks, and they say that mandated MVNOs will will actually hurt, them hurt them the most. Yeah, yeah, and so. and I think they've even argued that they are sort of like, if you will, the fourth carrier already, which is the rule that the government sort of implemented, saying that there needs to be four carriers um, in all regions uh, to foster competition and. Uh, even the big three have argued that, you know, this is already in existence. So why should we have more players? Right. I mean, it, it's hard because outside of urban areas in Ontario, BC and Alberta, there there aren't four players. Yeah, exactly. But it's not clear that a, that MBNOs would serve the rural market anyways. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. On that note, anything to add before we wrap up? Well, I think that this is definitely um, an interesting time in the telecom space um, and in the wireless network space. I think that we are definitely going to see more conversations about this in the coming weeks and months, especially as Christine mentioned in the lead up to the wireless review that's happening in, uh, or the, cons- the the actual hearing is going to happen in January. Um, and I, I think it'll be it'll be 
it's actually it's it's fun. Like I'm I'm having fun reporting it. Like it's, <laughs> as nerdy as it sounds, like I'm having fun to see how these carriers are talking uh, indirectly or you know with each other and um, reporting on it. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I think anecdotally speaking, this was probably our most popular story of the year, right? Like, it, and I think that really just speaks to how ready. Canadians are for change. Yeah, right? I think there's, I mean, when you saw the 6010 mm-hmm. week of madness, uh, clearly there's some pent up desire for for mm-hmm. something. Pent up desire. Pent up desire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it's this is beneficial for consumers. Um, I think we'll s- still need to see how this all plays out uh, before we can make a final say. But ultimately, I think it's going to be really good for Canadians. So. I mean, I do worry how this is going to work out with 5G and we'll probably end up paying more because that's how it always ends. Uh, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said before, the carriers are going to be fine no matter yes. what. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Shout out starting with you, Shruti. So what do I want to shout out to? Shout out to Christine Dobby for coming in. I'm so happy that you're here. You're always a, you're always a joy to, to be around. So thank you so much. Thanks for, so for much coming for having in. me. Yeah. John, do you want to give us? Uh, yeah, I was actually going to give a shout out to Bungie because um, I thought they're this completely unrelated, but like, a little bit of yeah. little bit of gaming news <laughs> for you. Um, Bungie's E3 stuff was really interesting with what they're doing with Destiny Two, and it's got me excited about that game again after a long time of not being interested. So, yeah, sweet. Christine? Um, I think I'm going to go with Mark Gasol um, oh, at the yes. championship yes. parade, <laughs> the MVP of the parade, because how can you look at any of those those clips and not not smile? And not feel the hangover the next day. Yeah. Yes. I felt hungover for him <laughs> I did too. just watching him. I was amazed that he managed to stay upright on the stage and, and impressed. I think there was a... Well, he's a big man. Yes. There, was, there was definitely a clip where he was sitting next to Trudeau sort of and he was like slumped over full-on drunk like for sure it was amazing um i mean mine goes to plank guy for managed to get the plank (laughs) to Kawhi leonard did you see that ikea did a did a promotion they They have it's just you know a a plant and it says plant it says it's like a champion's uh housewarming gift oh my god that's That's so hilarious that's hilarious i mean i just love how much the city has really like come into its own and is just loving everything you know like Mm -hmm. this the city I mean, Toronto always in the summer feels like exuberant, yeah. but more so more so than any other summer I can think in the past. There's just I'm been a kind of like joy in walking the streets, I'm, which is amazing to see. I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to take my shout out back. Okay. I really love you, Christine. No, that's fine. <laughs> take <laughs> it gonna, back. I'm going to put my shout, shout out. Shout out Kawhi. <laughs> I'm going to do shout out back to the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, that's a collective shout out. Yeah, it's a collective yeah. shout out. Okay, so my, my shout out is still in, in existence. Okay. <laughs> that's... Um, Christine, where can people find you online? Oh, my Twitter handle is the very original Christine Dobby. Nice and simple. <laughs> yes. Love it. Dobby yeah. like the house elf from Harry Potter. Love it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> my email is easy to find there too. Okay. Yeah. Shruti, John? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shruti underscore Shikar. Not as original as Christine. I have an underscore, but... How dare you? You know. <laughs> and uh, you can find me at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore Lamont, L-A-M-O-N-T. And also at the website mobilesyrup.com. Shout out to Mobile Syrup. Uh, yeah, like very simple uh, Twitter handles here. I'm just at Igor Bonifacic. <laughs> 
that said, my name is convoluted to spell, and that's B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C. Um, thank you so much, Christine, for coming on the show. We Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, wireless plans, Ooh. better prices, and a championship. It's too much. It's never going to get better than this. No. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks, yeah. Um, and thank you, listeners, for listening. Um, if you have questions or comments, uh, sh- uh, hit us up at uh, podcast at mobilesyrup.com. And uh, maybe we'll read your comment and question on air. And then you too can join the Syrupcast family. Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.